Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Marin Hayes. I'm your co-host, Miriam, and... Hazel, hey! Girl, hey! Hey, girl, hey! <laughs> um, we are on episode four, Hazel. Can you believe it? I actually can't believe it. And honestly, just like I was telling you, whoever is missing our podcast episodes, they're missing out. Seriously. I know. I'm like, I feel bad for everyone to have to go back and like catch up on all the episodes um, just because they joined the party late. Well, and what can I say? Serves them right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> today, our title is We Strut Streets, Not Just Runways. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about why we named the episode as such and what we're talking about today in general? Okay, so today we're talking about We Strut the Streets, Not Just Runways, which is about double standards, sexism, and feminism in 2021. Can you believe we still, we still have to experience this shit? about it i think it's like it's partially because you know well always but particularly this week hazel and i have been having like conversations where conversations makes it seem really elegant i'd say more like angry rants about how (laughs) we notice (laughs) we notice so much that so many of both our friends and both people we we see around us that we aren't necessarily friends with um guys tend to be able to get away with so much that if we were to do, we would be absolutely crucified for. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like we're moving in a very fast paced society and world. And I don't know, it's just, it's sometimes it's a really hard pill to swallow to think that we still have to have these conversations, but also that some people just because they see, I guess, the fact that some of our rights are starting to become fulfilled, feel like these conversations aren't relevant anymore, or that you know, even to the extent to say that sexism or feminism or double standards don't exist or aren't, you know, a reality in our world just because they see women slowly and slowly is the key word starting to work themselves up toward equality um, in a very patriarchal society. So we decided to make an episode about it as Mm -hmm. we always do with anything we want to rant about. I mean, uh, do you kind of, do you kind of want to change the episode? I mean, the uh, podcast's um, title to "Shaking My Head" instead of "Sundays with Marin Hayes," because I mean, I we always it. seem to <laughs> rant and complain about so much shit in this world. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that's partially why we did as like the SMH podcast because secretly that's all we do. It's just us like tutting away at like all the fucking issues in the world that piss us the fuck off. Exactly. Um, I suppose for any people who need us to break it down into ABC, um, Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that anyone does, but, you know, Mm -hmm. just so we're on the safe side and we always want everyone to feel kind of in the loop and included in whatever we're discussing. Um, But maybe we should explain things like feminism um, and sexism, etc. According to Oxford, feminism is the belief and aim that women should have the same rights and opportunities as men which we don't but like according to Oxford we should (laughs) yeah and uh, yeah and you know it's really funny how no matter how many times we say this definition over and over again when having these about feminism people will still equate feminism to like man-hating or like you know all of us just being this big angry mob of women and I suppose I want to take a minute to say that like you know feminism and man-hating are two very very different things but I'm a full-fledged fan of both of them. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, 
I 100% agree with both, but I don't like the notion that people think that my man hating stems from feminism. It doesn't, that's just a whole, that's just a thing that men actually push me to themselves, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> that one was not on my equality. That one was on you and your actions that have just drove me to my breaking point. It has nothing to do with feminism. It's just you as a guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with sexism, like sexism is the discrimination against someone because of their gender um, or their sex. And, you know, I feel like where feminism is such an open and constant conversation, um, I feel like sexism kind of works in really subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so frustrating because it's one of those conversations that I find is harder to navigate. I've had so many conversations with people where when I try to talk to them, it starts off about feminism, obviously, but like, for example, like working, for example, when I talk about you know, the gender pay gap or work in general and discrimination towards women in work, people are like, no, like that doesn't exist. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't exist to you because you don't experience it. But that doesn't mean that you don't, you know, just because women are now living in a world where they can work and where they can, you know, step outside of the traditional kind of housewife role doesn't mean that all of our rights within that job are granted to us in, Mm -hmm. you know, in contrast to men. And the rights that they've always been granted since the beginning of time when they went out to work, you know? Mm-hmm. I completely um, agree. Well, Aslan, there's this, this thing where men and women work and it's all the same job. It's all the same like amount of work, the same effort put in, the same energy, the same sleepless nights. But then the guys get paid a lot more than the women. And it's like, mm-hmm. why the fuck does this inequality exist? in 2021 i know and it's it's crazy because a lot of people like the gender pay gap is like based on facts like if you research this shit up like there's facts to back up what we're saying and yet i'll have so many people sit there and be like that's not true and like but it is like there is a pay gap and it's like i'm not i'm not making this up like if you google it you'll find it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but also like even outside of pay like even in the most, you know, even where women are earning so much money and even though it will always be less than men, but like even where women are earning so much money, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not discriminated against even in basic, you know, everyday examples, just because you're a woman. And I, I feel like I had these conversations where to my friends, especially my guy friends in Egypt, when I was having these conversations to them, all they could see was like, oh, like Miriam's straight out of college and a big finance job, like earning money, doing well for herself, like earning herself a title, working and, you know, presenting at all these big like GM meetings and all the rest of it. But I was like, yeah, I also am not being given 100% respect and and value to the work that I do rather than just being evaluated as a woman and a pretty face in a room. Mm-hmm. I, fucking, I, fuck, I fucking hate guys sometimes. Yes. But it's also, it's just about like taking the time to understand, like if you're a guy that before you just dismiss someone's entire truth, just take a minute to probably realize that the reason you are so blind to this and the reason that you probably have naively thought your whole life that it doesn't exist is because you have never been the subject of it. You've never exposed to it. You've never had to deal with it. You've never put work on a table and had someone bring it down to the fact that you know, you've arrived to like this big, huge corporate meeting with like the director of the company at it. And instead of someone appreciating all the work that you've done for it and the presentation that you've prepared for it, instead they take a minute to say, oh my God, you look amazing. You should dress like this to work every single day. Oh, when you don't have your glasses on, you're so much prettier with your contacts in. And I'm like, well, 
duh, like I'm coming to a huge corporate meeting. Of course, I'm going to put in a bit more effort than when I'm arriving to work every day to get an eight hour, you know, working day out of the way. And I've got like so much on my fucking plate to get through through the week. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, no one asks men what they wear from a Monday to Friday as opposed to what they wear to a big ass corporate <laughs> meeting. But I, I literally would just have someone completely ignore the fact that I just owned half of their asses in that meeting. And instead would just be like, oh my God, you look so pretty. Oh my God, you should wear like this more often. Oh my God, you should come to work with makeup on more often. And I'm like, <laughs> what do I do here? Is it is it maths or is it like, you know, am I a MUA, like an MUA, which is like a makeup artist? Like, please clarify my job description because I'm starting to get a little bit confused. I don't have that. Men don't have that. Like they expect women to, let's say during bum activity, hypothetically. Mm. <laughs> Literal bum activity. Literal bum activity, you guys. So mm. let's like let's say during bum activity. So the guys would expect the girl to show up in like amazing lingerie, you know, um, body hair shaven, cleaned off, showered, mm. and <laughs> they literally can't even do the bare fucking minimum, like. I think I I know I think that's the key part is like it's one thing to have all those expectations for your female partner to arrive at like an A level that's fine (laughs) I mean you know whatever fine let's just say it's fine for now it's the fact that that's met what you said the bare fucking (laughs) actually scratch bare because three quarters of the time it ain't bare I wish it was bare it's never bare so it's like (laughs) that's it you know what I mean like you literally arrive and you're met by like the most standard fucking effort it's not even the standard effort I know like it's uh, it's stupid it's like you have I know it's like you have so much audacity to be asking for so (laughs) much when you aren't giving me like a single percentage back in return (laughs) beyond me but body hair is something that I actually, because I've had to, again, I think you might relate, but like living between Ireland and Egypt, like, okay, I think for the most part, um, most people I've seen are really reared in the patriarchal view of like um, intimate body hair for women being a big taboo. Mm-hmm. So like underarms, bikini area, etc. But even beyond that, what I see in Egypt, and I don't know if you've ever seen this or talked to your friends in Egypt about this, but like, I remember, so here in Ireland, something like a girl having like hair on her arm is a very normal thing. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen any of my Irish friends be fussy at all about like shaving or waxing their arms or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even like at the start, I was like, oh, maybe it's like only my friends who are like really fair haired, like blondes, but even mm-hmm. my other friends, like it's not a big thing for them at all. Whereas like me growing up now, I'm pretty lucky in the sense of like, it's not really visible at all for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't have much of it, so I never have to do anything with it, but I was still taught to have such an emphasis on body hair and how it was like not to be there basically. But when I would go back to Egypt and I'm not kidding you, I would have friends who like, if there was a single fine, tiny hair on their arm, on their face, like they would literally like not leave the house until it was either covered or removed. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, I kid you. I was like, what is this notion? I've never seen it. But then I see like, I think guys, so many guys in Egypt who I've seen who I think they genuinely, because they've, they've only experienced women who are so reared in like the patriarchy to like be told this by their parents that they have to like be really cautious of things like body hair. I think they genuinely got to a point where they believe that like women don't have it. <laughs> like I've seen like tweets, I swear to God, I've seen like tweets and things. It's like, oh my God, like I never realized that who said this to me? Okay, I love how I'm like, who said this to me as if I would ever name them? Okay, I actually remember he said, I'll tell you after the episode. Okay. One guy said this to me who is actually like, has lived abroad, like, you know, a well-rounded educational, per, you know, educated person. Um, but he said this to me before, he said, I never realized that women had hair on their boobs. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like, it's not really visible, but it's like tiny. Like he was like, and it's really, really fine. But like, they have that. And I was like, but like, it's you know like micro fuzz hair like you know like on the back of your neck or like anywhere on your like literally like it's not even it's almost a part of your skin mm-hmm. and I was like wait what do you mean you didn't know this and he was like I just didn't realize that like you know women like us did just like hair I was like it's like this notion that like men are created human and women are created robot I'm like <laughs> like hormones work the same way things like exercise and sweat work the same way like I don't understand why this is such a weird concept for men to understand or I've seen tweets where men are like oh my god like some women have like hair on their tummy and I'm like wow yes (laughs) like I don't get it it's crazy it's crazy bro I'm I'm literally done with this like I'm done. Okay, I'm out. Bye, guys. <laughs> the thing is, you would think that that would be the worst. To be like, oh, like surely men can't get dumber than thinking that women don't have body hair. <laughs> no, like apparently they don't think that we pee or poo or fart either. You know, that's they're like bizarre concepts to them. What are these human functions that these women participate in? Um, <clears throat> I honestly have no idea. Even like the part where like. The thing is, as women come in, in Egypt, it's almost embarrassing to say, oh, I'm going to go to the toilet to pee. You know, you look at, <clears throat> I feel like the girls always go like, yeah, I'm going to go fix my hair, fix my makeup. And like every single time I'm like, yeah, I need to go pee. And then Hassan Hoa, the girls, they just, they're embarrassed to say that they have Normal working bodily function. (laughs) I I mean, I know people listening probably think we're exaggerating, but like, and maybe it's not to that extent, but like, it it is such a concept that you do see in Egypt where it's like, yeah, you do. You're like, God, like, I need to pee. I need to poo. Like, what is like this walk of shame? Like, it's, it's so like, not to even mention when you're on your period, God forbid, and like, you take a pad out of your bag to go. Oh, no insert a tampon or put a pad on like <laughs> that's that's a whole other topic on its own oh no but, um, fucking bleeding no fucking way <laughs> but it's insane like it's just so i think the part that's frustrating about it again is coming back to the double standards is this is only applicable to half of the population of the world one <laughs> gender in the world is made feel like everything about their normal bodies and everything about their normal bodily functions is the taboo or is shameful. And I think that's the part that hurts me the most is that women are made apologize or feel like they're less than if they so much as like, like, 
I, I know so many of my girlfriends feel the same way with this fucking quarantine. Like, remember when we all have to go into lockdown? Men were like, oh, we're not gonna be able to go out. We're not gonna be able to have fun. We're not gonna be able to go drinking. We're not gonna be able. And they're like, and while we have the same fears, we all, on top of all of that, things like, oh my fucking God, I won't have my eyebrow lady to do my eyebrows for the next one. <laughs> Oh my fucking god the protein that i get done for my hair isn't gonna be available my natural hair is gonna start to grow out oh my fucking god i have to wax myself like all people i'd say women who were like living with partners especially in egypt or whatever who are so reliant on like beauty services to keep up this appearance that like you know that men get on their wedding night and then we try to like keep that appearance going on for like the rest of <laughs> it's like I'd say they were freaking the fuck out. They're like, oh my God, I've been living with this guy for years. And for the first time in maybe 10 years of marriage, he's going to have to realize that what he married <laughs> is a complete thing. <laughs> because I have let him go on with this narrative for 10 years that I, you know, always have perfect eyebrows, that I never grow a mustache, that like, <laughs> you know, my hair is perfectly straight all the time. And it's just hilarious. I think that was one of my biggest wake up calls where I was like, holy fucking shit, we're made literally pay to just exist with confidence to suit, whether it's for a specific man or whether it's even for ourselves, what <clears throat> we think is for ourselves is actually just the patriarchy in our head. Because a bitch is mad about this, right? Let me, let me tell you a story, right? <laughs> Yay, I love story time. Story time, hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. I had this friend and he is this guy who, how can I describe him? He's just very, um, very much of a party person, always does drugs, drinks, you know, all that illegal shit. And he's always cursing. He's always like holier than thou type of shit. But, the thing is, in the reality, he's not perfect, whatever, right? And um, there's this girl that we know, and she is a common friend between us. And then there was this one time she was kind of um, talking to this other guy at a party. And then he goes, he literally comes to me and then he goes like, hey, dude, this girl, hey, uh, huh? I don't, I don't know if that, if <laughs> People can't see my face right now. Uh, this girl that go with every guy she knows, and honestly, like, I hit that before, and now she's going to this other guy who is another friend of ours, right? And then he was like, nah, man, that's not wifey material. <laughs> And then I was looking at him like, uh-huh, okay, okay, what the fuck, like, what the fuck? And I just, like, kind of leave without, like, answering him. But then the very same guy, and this is the funny part, he meets Miriam, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, why did you have to drag me into this? <laughs> because you're a very crucial part to the story. <laughs> this very oh. same guy meets Miriam and at that point in time Miriam and I were not friends yet right 
And he comes up to me and he goes like, dude, she's a published author at 22. She's got her own thing going. She lives in Ireland and she's this classy woman who takes care of herself and is beautiful and is sexy at the same time. That's wifey material right there. And honestly, okay, I completely, 100%, 110% agree that she's wifey material, but like, who the fuck are you to fucking choose or like to if this girl is wifey material or this girl is not wifey material based on what they fucking choose to do, right? You've had multiple, multiple partners in your life and some of the tea, some of those like at the same exact time, you know, because this guy is like, he's a total fucking player, right? Mm-hmm. And he is praised for it. He's like, people, his friends are like, ah, inta gamednik, inta gamednik is like, you're so, you're such shit. You're like, you're the fucking man, you're the fucking you're, shit. Are you, are like, you're like, fucking you're shit. You're fucking shit, yeah, yeah. His friends are like, but then if a girl, right, a girl does the same exact thing he's like, he's doing or has multiple partners, God forbid that she does what she wants to do in a fucking party. Mm-hmm. And the same, the very same guys who praised the guy and said, you're the man, you're the shit. Fucking slut shamed the girl. And goes like, and they go like, dude, she's such a hoe. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd hit that, but I wouldn't wipe her up. Bitch, what yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and like literally times 10 on everything that Hazel said. And I have a few points to add, but before I do, I have a little visitor who's been scratching at the door for the last five minutes. I'm gonna go better. Okay. Hazel, an audience. Hi, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Hi, she's being so crazy. Um, at the door. Um. Okay, so to add to what you were saying, Hazel, I completely agree with everything that you were saying, but um, that's exactly it. First of all. Like everything that that person said about me is a beautiful compliment and a compliment I would have been willing to accept if it wasn't at the expense of other women. And this is the thing that's like, it's exactly what you said. Like we see it so often where men are so quick to praise their fucking guy friends over their body count, over how many women they did it with, how they did it with them, like all this fucking things. And then when it comes to women, it's like that very same girl that they were praising him for getting with is slut shamed, is jeered, and is made feel less than worthy, worthy in quotations, um, for having multiple multiple partners or even for having just that one partner, but having to them or the way they see it, given it up so easily. And like you said, I like I can't believe it's 2021 and we still have these fucking conversations, especially in environments like the ones we're talking about, because these are the people who want to go off defending liberal societies and liberal opinions and being open-minded and want bars and want this and want that and are like, oh, all this conservatism in our country, blah, blah, blah. But like being fucking liberal and being open-minded is not 
enjoying the luxuries of like an open society while demeaning women and like, you know, shunning women for enjoying it the same way that you do. Like that is not being fucking open-minded. That's not being liberal. That's just being a fucking asshole. Um, and this, and this whole about the wifey thing as well. Can, can I just say like, considering you actually named me and I'm part of this story, but this is my favorite thing about men who, because not to toot my own horn, but this is not <laughs> the first man to claim me as quote unquote wifey material. First of all, like I said to you the other day, I was like, you know what? If you're going to keep calling me goddamn wifey, like you might as well put a goddamn ring on my finger because like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm not going to be the third or fourth woman that you keep calling wifey. They don't wipe shit. Like I'm like, y'all talk such big talk, but then when it actually comes to the co commitment of like calling someone that, like y'all disappear. <clears throat> but anyway, putting all that aside, my favorite thing about men love to jump on the whole wifey thing is due to the way that I carry myself, which is not purposely conforming to patriarchal standards, but due to my own personal preference and my interests, due to things like stuff like being a writer, like being really, you know, um, passionate about my job and my career, about being successful, et cetera, whatever. To anyone who doesn't know me well and isn't close to me, all they see is my exterior, right? Which is the frame or the platform that I've built for myself. And when they see that, they're so intrigued and like intimidated and they feel like, oh my God, her life is put together. Wifey material. <laughs> Wifey material. I can promise you <clears throat> that after growing closer to me and seeing that, oh my God, for fuck's sake, Hazel, I only turned out to be human. Unfortunately, I wasn't angel sent. I wasn't, you know, brought down from the heavens, like untouched and, you know, like not, not at all committing any sort of sin. The opinion on the whole wifey thing tends to change. So like, definitely I've seen so many people where it's like within first meeting me are so like taken aback, They're like wifey material, but I'm only human. Like I have my fair share of fuck ups as well. And I have my fair share of you know, interests or hobbies that aren't exactly, you know, completely, you know, all that innocent. And it's like, <laughs> I enjoy my life too. And I dress a certain way for work or when I'm meeting friends in a coffee shop than what I do when I'm going on a night out with my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> just because you met me in a coffee shop doesn't mean that that's the exact same aesthetic that I'm taking to the club on a Saturday night. <laughs> it's crazy. And I actually, I think I know who you're talking about. And just to, not to put anyone on blast here, but to prove my point in the context that they met me in, you know, I was going work, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, wifey material, she's got all this going, blah, 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 whatever. And I remember I came back then a few weeks later and I put up my story of me dancing to WAP by Cardi B. And I literally got a message from this person <laughs> and it was like, whoa, like this isn't the Miriam I know. Like, who is this? Yo, you're so different to what I thought. Like, what's this energy, you know? And I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm, I'm multidimensional. Also, I'm a Gemini. The whole like, you know, angel versus devil duality is literally my A game. Do you know what I mean? But um, it's just so funny because I think it, I think it comes down to that whole thing where it's like men want a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. And it's like, well, you can have that, but don't assume that just because you met her in the freak stage, which is at the club, that she's not also a lady in the streets. I don't understand. Like, like 
we all dabble in between both. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's like they want to meet you as the lady first. Make sure that you're able to pull that off well. Mm-hmm. And then they also want you to, you know, tap into that other side. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, God but again. But that you tap into that other side with different guys, right? <laughs> it has to be only him. But this is what I mean. Like, if you don't want her tapping in with other guys and you're going to be all this, like, because you want her to, aka, be wifey material, then I'm sorry for you, sir. Like, that's called monogamy. That's where you put a ring on it and you, you, that's you telling her that she can now no longer get with other people. But I don't understand this <laughs> concept of men claiming wifey and like giving you this like fake title with no commitment or ring or like certificate to sign. <laughs> I'm going to go and fuck 10 other bitches like I'm not married to you. Please, don't you go and get with other men. Stay loyal fuck to off. me. Fuck <laughs> Can I just talk about my nails for for a second? Right. I love very random. Yes. Yeah, very random. I love my nails. I absolutely love my nails. I always have my nails done, and I'm friends with my nail lady. Okay. And I remember Miriam the next day of the shoot that we keep talking about in probably every episode. (laughs) I remember her telling me, "Oh my God, are those your real nails?" And I'm like, "Yes." And she's like, that's like every girl's dream, long nails and pretty and stuff. And I was like, thank you. And the thing is that um, like a week prior, the guy huh, that made me cry at the shoot literally takes my hand, looks at my nails, and he's like, your nails are really long. I like them to be a little bit shorter because I don't know, it just looks classier. And I'm like, bitch, do you fucking think I paid 300 pounds a fucking month on my nails to please your fucking ass? Hell fucking no! <laughs> oh my, the audacity. The odd, I, there's a quote in the Florence Given book, which I mentioned in last week's episode, but like, every woman should read this book. But anyway, she says in it, she was like, I swear to God, you cut men and they bleed audacity. And I've never heard a more iconic line. It's like, forget blood. These men bleed a whole different thing. And it's like, literally, like some of the things they say and demand are so absurd. I'm like, do you hear yourself? Like, do you hear how your little skimpy, pathetic ass has just asked for something so much bigger and so much more worthy of what you can ever demand in life. I don't understand it. And in Musiba, like the crisis is that sometimes we're so fucking wired and manipulated to the point where we fall trapped to that. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that upsets me. Like even in that whole like wifey whole rhetoric or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like I remember so vivid. It's like, I don't need to go far we're talking about men slut shaming women. No one has slut shamed me more than my own mother. I've talked about this on Twitter before, like whether intentionally or not. And it's not even her own personal opinion. It's everything she's been reared and raised to believe and fears will affect and impact my life as an adult and my chances at marriage and my chance of a happy ending. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't believe that like I finished school at 16 and I turned 17 right before I started college and then I finished college at like 20 
and you know, I had a, my BA at 20 years old and then I worked from 20 till 22 as a financial manager <laughs> on a business excellence team. And then now I work in the world of social media and it's like, I've literally been working since I was 15 and I've like, you know, constantly brought my A game to my career. And then on top of that, I wrote a book at 19 and published it at 22. Mm -hmm. And it's like all career things aside, that's just like financially. I'm also a really great friend, a lover, a great daughter, etc. Like a sibling, all this kind of stuff. So it's like all around, I know that I'm 110% lover. I know that I've got my career on, tra on track and I know that I bring nothing but like A-level quality to any table that I sit on. And I've grown very, very confident in that at, at where I am right now in life. And yet, however, despite that long list that I've just called off, that list of which I can probably guarantee that the people that my mom is looking for is potential husbands for me. So other 22 year olds in Egypt, I can say very, very few that I know have reached the level of career that I have in my life could probably not bring half of what I could bring to a marriage or to a table or even to just sustain us financially in a, mar in a marriage. And yet my mother thinks that it is I who needs to alter myself, AKA the way I dress, AKA the abundancy of guy friendships in my life, AKA, you know, the way that I like to party or hang out, etc., to suit these men's needs. And I was like, mom, I need you to understand something. I was like, half of these men don't deserve, nor can measure up to be with me, not the other way around. And it's like, even at that, it's like we're made feel like no matter what we are in the world, if we are the most successful woman, if like whatever it is, no matter what you achieve as a woman, you're always made feel like unless it's this, you know, straight marriage of like being married to a man and having kids, et cetera, et cetera, that you're not complete. You're not, you're never fully worthy <clears throat> until you're a wife and a mother. And that in itself is the wifey whole rhetoric and that in itself is slut shaming at its finest and unfortunately you don't have to go to just men to find it but you got to know that men and the patriarchy are the reason and i know i'm repeating that a lot but it's true people can call me an angry feminist all they want i am spinning facts only <laughs> that is so true yeah yeah but you were working since you were 15 right yeah retail um, and then build up. and most of the guys in egypt when they're 15, like, they're still sucking milk from their mom's boobs. 15? <laughs> 15. Still fucking sucking on mom's <laughs> So, like, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. With the whole, like, after talking about, like, the whole wifey hoe thing, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that men are intimidated by accomplished women? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%. You know what? I, I respect more. This is going to sound so funny. Don't get me wrong. I have a profound hatred for some of the men that slide into my DMs. But sometimes I have to hand it to them. There is nothing more disappointing than... Well, I thought there would be nothing more disappointing than someone who shoots their shot when they clearly have no chance with you. And when they're clearly like just very, very sleazy and you're like, dude, I know you've sent that same message about 20 of my friends, like fucking back off. <laughs> There's nothing more disappointing than that. And that is pretty disappointing. 
then knowing that there are so many guys there who like might hint or might, you know, like you can tell eventually over time, you can tell when a guy's into you, but will never have the fucking guts to just come up and say it to you because a part of them is intimidated by you <laughs> or thinks you're like a man-hating feminist or this or that. And it's like, if, if you were so secure in the man that you are, this wouldn't be scaring you off. A lot of men um, know they're dating out of their league and instead of just appreciating that, and I'm not saying this about me, like forget about me for a second. I'm not saying that I'm out of anyone's league, but I'm just saying like, sometimes men will date women outside of their league and instead of appreciating that they're dating a woman outside of their league and doing everything to keep her and to keep her happy and like appreciate her, instead they're trying to find ways to manipulate her, to break her down and to make her feel or believe for a split second that it's her who's dating out of her league and not the other way around. Um, <laughs> and that's what I see some of my most amazing friends, some of the most amazing women I've known with people that treat them like crap. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But I turn around and then, you know, I've, like I said, I'm not perfect. And I'm only just now learning how to accept that I do deserve to be intimidating other people. And I do deserve to wait out for the guy who's going to look at everything that I believe in, in the world and everything that I am and everything that I bring. And rather than, yeah, maybe be intimidated by it, but be like, you know what? I want to level up to this person. I want to work myself to feel like I deserve this person and she deserves me and that we bring something that intimidates other people of our relationship together. That's what I want. But I wasn't always at a place where I understood that I can have that and that I deserve that and that that's what I'm destined for. So when I would say to my friends and I'd be like, why are you with him? Like you are up here and this person is like <laughs> just getting on on one of his friends at the fact that he's able to say, I'm dating this girl. And right. they turn around like, Miriam, do you not think that when we look at you and I was about to say his name, when we look at you and we're not saying the same. I've had friends be like, Miriam, like sometimes you're sitting for Azumet, which are like gather gatherings or something with people from school or whatever, blah, and they're like, what? Like that, that's his ex-girlfriend. And they're like, and he's like, how the fuck did he manage to date her? And it's like, and then when you don't understand, like everyone sees the but you. And I'm like, no. And they're like, yes. They were like, please stop advising us because this is all we've been sitting around for five years trying to tell you. And I was like, hmm. Interesting. So we're all fucking guilty of this. I'm just seeing all these fucking amazing women settling for about five five bars below the belt. I'm like, great. Five bars, best dude. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm being kind. I'm giving my ex boyfriend a little bit of credit. In reality, about ten. <clears throat> about ten, mm, girl. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've only like started learning that being accomplished or being at a certain level in your career, in your professional life should not be something that is, you know, something that you should dumb yourself down in order to fit a guy's like, um, how can I say this without insulting every single guy? Do it. Just go do it. Girl, I'm done with men. I'm honestly, I don't know if people can tell from this episode, but I'm honestly, that's it. I think we kind of declared that we were just going to end up getting married. And once I got that security out the way, I was like, you know what? That's it. I don't need men anymore. And now I can, now I can talk them for days. <laughs> exactly. The one thing I could have gained out of it is, 
is totally not in my prospects anymore. So I'm like, great. So, <laughs> yeah, <about> okay. <laughs> yeah, say it. I mean, no, I mean, recently I've only learned this thing because Miriam would know out of like everyone that I know, she would know how I was so into this guy, right? And he would treat me like shit, hypothetically. I'm, I'm, I'm not done hypothetically. <laughs> like he would treat me like shit and everything. But like the thing is, I was never impressed by his career, his personality, anything that he does professionally. I'm like, everything is mediocre. Like you can't even produce. <laughs> <laughs> you went from hypothetically to confirming it's you to literally just pinpointing the guy. <laughs> I mean, I know we've made it obvious for all our audience to connect the dots as to who my ex-boyfriend is and who the guy you're talking about is, but we don't need to literally name them. There were two other incidents that kind of stuck out in my like in my head and the first one was when because i have an eyebrow piercing those for those who don't know how i look like i have an eyebrow piercing right and this guy had the audacity to look me in the eye and go like um yeah so i think i don't know i generally don't like face piercings because i think they're very tacky <laughs> <laughs> and the same <laughs> and the same exact guy, right? Another incident with him was when I told him an Isaftir, which is like Egyptian pie. So I told him mm -hmm. I really want fatir, but I'm on a diet because I was trying to I was trying to cut down um, cut out sugar for health reasons. Um, and he was like, Oh yeah, but Sinti Kirshik Zay Kirshin. <laughs> which roughly translates to yeah but your belly fat is like the belly fat of a belly dancer which i have no idea if he meant as a compliment or like an insult <laughs> but also what belly fat like i don't know if people see you or follow you but like i'm like what belly fat like this reminds me of like a similar story i have but in general i just want to say like i love bella hadid as much as the next person but guys have seemingly got it into their heads that like, that is the idea of skinny period. So it's like, not only like you can literally be as thin as you or I am or et cetera, but if you're not like stick, like Victoria's secret thin, then it's like, you don't have a flat stomach. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? The fucking pressure like on women to constantly show up and be perfect. Like I, to this day, I think, um, struggle so much with intimacy because of issues like that because my insecurities require that that within a bedroom there be so much more than just chemistry or sexual attraction mm -hmm. I could be so attracted to a guy I could feel so much chemistry towards him but if I don't trust him enough to deal with what I know is about to happen which is probably going to be me crying and becoming a blabbering mess because of how insecure getting intimate with someone makes me, then I won't even go there. Um, mm -hmm. Because men don't understand the crippling pressure sometimes it is to be a woman. And even like with nudes and stuff like that, I find that I can have a lot of confidence in that stuff because at the end of the day, let's be real, it's all in your own control. Whether it's the music, the positions, the lighting, everything you're able to control everything 
to suit the image that you're trying to perfect. Mm-hmm. And we all know that there's certain poses that are more flattering and certain ways to make your body mm-hmm. seem like this or whatever. But when you're right there, like right then and then in the moment, you know, you've nothing, you've none of that to support you. You don't have lighting or, you know, like poses or, the, you know, it's all natural and honest. And if you don't trust the person in front of you to understand that you are just a human being, that you are flaws and all, that you are just as human as they are, then it can be a really hard thing for me to like allow myself to experience because I get freaked out and so like crippled with anxiety about it. And I envy men so much who, for not having to feel that. Mm-hmm. As much as we do, I know some men obviously do struggle with body images and stuff like that, but I envy so much that it's not as much pressure on men but I so disrespect men who don't check themselves when they're putting women or feeding women to this expectation in their head, whether it's through porn or like, you know, social media or whatever. And they're expecting of their girlfriends or partners or just people they're getting with to live up to a standard that is like completely altered by lighting, Photoshop, like professionalists, like beauty standards. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to have a serious conversation around that, which is why I kind of want to do this episode. So we would have start checking yourself, man. Exactly. Like, look at yourself first. And like, there's this quote that I really, really like. It says, "Do not wank with your right hand and point with your left, right?" Because yeah, um, I wouldn't uh, want uh, that girl because she does this, but he's doing the same exact thing, right? But he, on a like on another note, going back to the wifey hoe um, mm-hmm. talk that we had, and now that we're talking about news, like there's a certain like shaming, like shaming women once their moods get leaked by the same men who basically beg for them and go like, um, yeah, do you not trust me? Or uh, just one nude or just one video or just one thing. And then they just end up going, like showing it to their friends sometimes. And sometimes like, the nudes get leaked and the, the girl, even though sometimes, because I think you would know this, that it's not necessarily we send nudes to anyone who asks for them but or trust anyone who asks for them but like there are certain people because of how we emotionally feel towards them we just kind of uh float towards the part where we go like oh yeah i'm gonna send him this and i trust him because of like the emotional state even though that person could be a complete asshole and he could be showing your nudes your videos to like his friends and stuff and this gets leaked and you would know this bordu that so word goes around really quickly especially if you um hang out in the same community and in that one community is kind of connected to another community so if your nudes get leaked here it gets leaked there it gets leaked there and it's like somehow this whole thing where you are slut shamed wherever you go because of like some guy that you trusted with your nudes like maybe two or three years ago, right? Yeah. So I actually, I had, um, oh, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but anyway, here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a breaking point with, so 
to add to the very, very long list of red flags and reasons as to why I should have probably blocked my ex years ago. Um, but look, I was in a long distance relationship. Like, I don't know how else to spell it. Like if you're in a long distance relationship, you get what I mean. Like fucking phone sex and nudes are like just such a big part of it. They just are, especially when you're a teenager, it's just like whatever. And especially if your ex-boyfriend <clears throat> has had a history of, you know, not really behaving themselves when in another country. And then when you kind of make things official and you're dating, you want to make sure that, you know, they can't turn around, I suppose. And I'm not saying it's right, but that they can't turn around at any point and say that the reason they had to look elsewhere was because you weren't offering up, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you live like thousands of kilometers away, there's only really one way for you to give up. But anyway, so whatever about like, 19 year old me or whatever and it's not to say that like i i'm still so pro nudes i think when in a trusted and like safe environment such a fun thing to do i do them for myself at this point like i just keep <laughs> albums because i'm like look at me go look how amazing i am <laughs> I look um but anyway uh, i enjoy making them i enjoy watching them I'm like if i could get off to me for the rest of my life honestly satisfied um but anyway I swear to God, this podcast is just going to end with either you and I just like marrying ourselves or marrying each other. We're just complaining. Literally, my biggest fear about everything we're talking about today is like, I'm like, I wonder if by the end of this, our our podcast episode is only going to be like 10 minutes like long. And it's like, wait, why is the podcast episode like 10 minutes long? It's like, because absolutely everything else we said on the call was completely inappropriate to be put in. <laughs> but anyway, so whatever about me at 19 like I find out like three years later and we had kind of removed each other off all of social media when we broke up and stuff like that um and three years later when we're like talking and trying again the rest of it uh people can't see me I was doing air quotes um and what do I find there on snapchat history are my nudes from when I was 19 that I had specifically asked so many times over to be deleted and removed now to to give him credit or to you know have given the full story supposedly deleted from his camera roll so he never realized that they were still in snapchat you don't think that i would ever go back and watch them do you and all the rest of it but like in my head i'm like funny how men because they'll never have to experience and sorry the reason i actually went to go look for them back in the snapchat history chat was because there was a discord that happened here in ireland where literally there was thousands of girls' nudes leaked um, on this share drive online. Um, and like the police got involved and it was, it was a huge thing. Um, and thousands of women were so affected by it. Um, and I started freaking out and I was like, fuck. And how funny is it that someone could be so careless and, you know, not detailed oriented when handling something like their ex-girlfriend's nudes and deleting them and thinking that just deleting them from their camera roll and not the application that they were sent off is enough whether he went to go look at it again or not but because he as a man is never going to understand the fear of for three years having not had each other on social media having no way to know whether he really deleted them or not and having seen multiple red flags from him in other areas of our relationship and you have to really sit with yourself and question shit if the next time someone in egypt or someone in ireland is talking about nudes that have been leaked how the fuck am i supposed to know if they're mine or not mm-hmm. someone could turn around and be like oh my god a girl's nudes have been leaked 
And the next thing I could hear is that they're, they're my own. Mm-hmm. And that's the fear that women have to live with every single day whenever they give in to their boyfriend or someone they trust or whatever, when they say, oh, please, blah, 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 like do it for me. I love you, all the rest of it. And it's not to say that it's not consensual. Listen, I consented to every single thing I sent and I don't regret it. It's just to say that it would be nice if seeing as men don't have to live with this fear, seeing as men don't have to endure this hardship of double standards that we constantly have to live with if they would just be a little bit more i suppose sensitive and supportive and and i don't see that a lot from men and i wish i did like i wish they would just step outside of their lives and really try to understand we are the scapegoat for patriarchal societies and we always will be until like proper equality um is like you know, granted and stored and protected within societies. And I unfortunately firmly believe, while I firmly believe in equality, I firmly believe we're standing a long, long way away from it. Um, But you're right. That's what happens. We're constantly asked. It's this notion again, and I actually think that maybe in concluding this episode, something that I think really branches everything that we've talked about together and kind of strings it all into one main point of double standards i think so much root of double standards and so much of the the trunk of the tree of double standards is gender norms boys will be boys and women are adhere to certain you know traditional and stereotypical roles as are men And I think with this episode, I know we've discussed it from our perspective as women, because that's all we can talk about on these episodes. And we've, we've promised not to come in and start trying to talk like we're experts or that we can speak on behalf of everyone. And we're just here to share our own experiences. But I think if I may speak to men right now, what I would say is double standards may affect women more. No, not may, they do affect women more, but they should concern you too. Because like I said, double standards are so much branched from this trunk that is gender norms. And the same way that gender norms hold women back from so many things and put them in this position where pressure is applied to them and where a double standard is applied to them, it's also gender norms that keep men from doing things like crying or showing emotion or talking about mental health or wanting to take paternity leave or wanting to be a stay-at-home dad or wanting to not be the breadwinner and maybe chase a dream that speaks more to them on a spiritual level rather than a materialistic level. Like it is those gender norms that hold men back, whether emotionally or mentally or physically or professionally, the same way that they do women. I think this just goes to show that, I don't know, like despite everything that stands in men's favor and despite all the odds that stand against us as women, I got to say, I'm holding my glass of non-alcoholic Prosecco here. (laughs) I got to cheers to women for saying that. Isn't it funny that despite being the gender that is much more attacked, that is pressured on with gender norms and with, you know, double standards that men will never understand, despite every single hardship that we as women endure, isn't it funny that we are the ones who are always more courageous and always willing to fight and to stand up and to fight against all odds for us men are not willing to give up the easiest, tiniest little bit of freedom to both free themselves from masculine gender norms and to give us the equality that we've long been like fighting for. Um, and to that, I say cheers to the ladies.
Cheers to the ladies. I'm, <laughs> I have my cup of tea, so cheers to the ladies. <laughs> oh my goodness. So in throwing it back to the audience, I don't know, Hayes, what do you want to say to the audience this week? I love you guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us rant for like, I don't know, almost an hour probably. <laughs> I think to throw it back to the audience this week, maybe we'll keep it nice and short and sweet and say to the ladies, cheers. Thank you cheers. for fighting and powering Thank on. Thank you. And to the men, maybe a little bit of reflection and maybe a little bit more fighting power on your side for equality will be a little bit nice. Mm -hmm. will be a nice thank you to the women in your life. Um, okay, so as always, um, we will leave a question box for you guys this week. Um, hopefully we will get around to maybe doing an IGTV sometime um, and sharing it on the account with all your questions from the previous weeks. Um, I want to say thank you so much for listening in again. Um, and this has been fun, Hazel, as always. It has, actually. Um, catch us next week with another episode of Sundates with Marin Hayes. Uh, <laughs> we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening in. Uh, Hayes, I love you. I love you. <laughs>